What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and I'm really excited because we're moving forward with Kate Erickson, a creator, engager, and implementer at EO Fire, a seven-day-a-week podcast that interviews today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. Kate is also the host of Kate's Take, the EO Fire audio blog, and author of the book, The Fire Path, a beginner's guide to growing your online business. And moving forward, listeners, I'm super, super excited because Kate's passion is helping entrepreneurs entrepreneurs create freedom, growth, and scale in their businesses. So you're going to learn a lot on today's episode. Welcome, Kate. How are you today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Oh, I'm doing awesome. It is great to have you on the show. So excited, Kate. So I just gave a very brief intro, and I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and share a little of your background and career journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my kind of quote unquote corporate career when I was um, 15 years old Mm. and pretty much, um, well, every day since then I've, I've worked somewhere. Um, so, you know, it's funny because a lot of my friends in high school or like people that I met in college didn't have jobs, you know, their focus and, um, their time was spent, you know, focusing on school and sports and stuff like that. And I did all of those things, but I, but I also always had a job. I'm really grateful for that because I feel like it's really helped shape um, my work ethic and my motivation and my drive to do amazing things. So I'm very grateful for that. But um, just to give your listeners an idea of, of my background, I've done everything from um, working at an amusement park to hosting birthday parties for little kids um, to working in banking. I was a teller for a long time. I did commercial loan processing for a while. Um, and I also have a marketing and advertising background. So I've kind of like jumped around just because yeah. I never really felt like I knew like this is what I want to do with my life and I'm going to stay on this one path. It was kind of like I would get into banking and I do banking for a while and then I kind of get like bored with it or just like not really see a future for myself in it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my, my quote unquote corporate background. It was in um, 2011 that I took my first entrepreneurial leap from the corporate world and then actually ended up going back to the corporate world after that. So I've kind of dabbled and towed the line between corporate America and entrepreneurship a couple of times. Yeah. And what was that like going that first leap that you made into the entrepreneurial world? And tell us a little bit about what you did. Yeah. So I I was working in the in an HR department at a bank at the time. And this was this was my first entrepreneurial leap. And so I worked there from 2008 till 2011. And, you know, it was a great department. I I was surrounded by some really amazing people, but I I never felt like I was making any progress. Mm. I entered in one position. And for three years, I sat in that position. I never was you know, promoted or given really anything that, you know, I was kind of waiting for this recognition of my hard work and what I was doing for the company by way of a promotion or a raise or something like that. And that never came. So that was very discouraging for me. And it was at just over my three year anniversary that my boss came to me and was like, I have this amazing opportunity for you. I actually 
um, know of an open position I, that I think would be amazing for you. It would be a big step up in the company. And so I thought like, oh my gosh, this is my big break. Like this is me climbing the corporate yeah. ladder and, and finally feeling like I'm being successful and doing something with my career. And so I interviewed for the position, which I was told was just a formality. And, you know, I had to submit my application and I did a phone interview and all this stuff. And, and the hiring manager said, OK, great. Like, I feel so good about our, com- our conversation. Um, I have a couple other people that I'm interviewing. Again, I have to do this for law purposes so that people don't think that we're, you know, giving you preferential treatment because right. you work for, you work for the company. And so um, I waited for a week. She calls back and I was so excited because I was just waiting for my offer. And she told me that I didn't get the position. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I was totally crushed. Like, couldn't believe that after everything I had put into this company, all the hard work that I had done, that I, that I wasn't going to get what I thought was like this one little, like, hand me to Kate to say, thank you so much for all that you do. Um, and it was at that point that day that I decided I was going to leave my job. And that was incredibly scary for me because I didn't have a background in entrepreneurship. I didn't grow up learning about entrepreneurship. I didn't even know that entrepreneurship was a possibility. But that day I sat there in my chair feeling so defeated Mm. and I just thought to myself, there has to be something else. Yeah. Okay. Wow. What a story. So, uh, I mean, what made you decide I'm going to take the entrepreneurial leap as opposed to maybe applying for another job? You know, that when I got that job in 2008, it was kind of the, you know, the whole financial downturn. There weren't a lot of jobs and a lot of opportunities and over those three years between 2008 and 2011, I kind of felt like I'd gotten on this sort of track where I wanted to, I wanted to teach in some capacity. Like I really enjoy connecting with people. I feel like engagement and communication is such a huge part of our experience as human beings. Like that just made me happy. It made me happy to share the knowledge that I had with other people and see that I was making an impact for them. And so I had kind of decided at some point around that time that I wanted to be a teacher. And so I thought it was, it was kind of like a fork in the road where I was like, I know I'm leaving this job. Can I be a teacher? And the answer was no, because it was like, becoming a teacher is a ridiculous process, turns out. (laughs) It's pretty cumbersome. A lot of hoops to jump through. Yes, absolutely. And so basically, at the time, given like the economic situation and schools were laying teachers off left and right, my only way into a teaching career would have been to be a substitute teacher, which is not dependable income. And it's totally random. Like you have to just basically be able to always be available and maybe not make any money for weeks or months at a time. And I couldn't do that. So I thought, like, what's going to be my other thing? And that's when I first started learning about entrepreneurship. And I was like, wait a second. So you mean I can start my own business and do what I love on my own time and make an impact and help people? And like, that's a thing? Like, that's what I can decide to do? (laughs) So I actually spent the next six months Um, I stayed at that job in order to build a financial runway for myself. And really, I took that, I I leveraged that time to continue earning an income, to continue 
learning what I could. Now that I kind of had this focus on entrepreneurship, I started focusing on certain things at work that I knew could help me when I was when I took my leap. And I started thinking about what I was going to create a business around. Yeah, that's great. And talk a little bit about the business that you're in today. Yeah, so today, wow, man, such a different story. (laughs) Um, So I took that entrepreneurial leap. My business ended up failing. I went back to corporate America because I needed money. And I started working in advertising and marketing. And at the time, um, my boyfriend, John Lee Dumas, um, he was working in commercial um, real estate. And he came to me one day and he said, um, I'm thinking about leaving my job. I want to start a podcast. Wow. And I was, what was like, your, what was your reaction when, when John said that to you? I was like, what the heck? What's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, I really didn't, I wasn't familiar with this whole world of podcasting. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't listen to podcasts. Um, I was very support. I was very supportive of, of his idea because I could tell how passionate and excited he was about this. Um, And so I said, like, you should absolutely do this. Like, yes, 100%. Like, my job at the advertising and marketing agency, was it was a really great position, very steady. um, And and I really enjoyed doing that. I was learning so, so much. And so um, I told him, I was like, yes, you should totally do this. I didn't understand it. I didn't really get what he was going to do or how he was going to build a business around that. Um, So he launched his podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, as this is September of 2012, just to kind of put a time frame around um, the journey we're talking about here. And he started interviewing entrepreneurs who had already become successful, and he was sharing their journey with his audience seven days a week. So every day, a new interview would go live with an inspiring and successful entrepreneur helping his listeners understand that they could do this too, and this is this is how you might do it. So a few months into his journey, it really caught on. Like he started having thousands of listeners and he was, you know, sharing this journey with me. Of course, we were living together at the time. So every day when I came home from work, you know, he was telling me exciting things that had happened that day, either from like interviews that he had had or, you know, sharing struggles with like building his website and all these things that you do when when you're starting to build a business. And within a couple of months, he actually had people starting to reach out to him and ask him like, can I hire you as my coach? Like, I want to know how to start a podcast too. Or I I would like to, you know, have your knowledge and advice on how I can get started in my business. So he started generating revenue. And it was at that point that he said, you know, what would you ever consider working together? Like, what if you came on board the entrepreneur on fire team and you helped me like, you know, in whatever capacity you felt most comfortable with. But, you know, I see big things for what I'm creating here and I can't do it alone. I need to have somebody else who can help support like this content creation and community building and all these other things that he envisioned for the business. And so um, long story long, (laughs) uh, that's what I'm doing today. John and I are partners at EO Fire and uh, we continue to do a daily podcast. We're about to publish episode 1400 coming up here. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, And so John's really kind of like the face and the voice of the business and I work in the back end of the business. So I do a lot of like making sure our systems are in place, creating content, putting out campaigns and that sort of stuff. 
Yeah, that's great. When we we had John on for the fiftieth, and I, you know, he was an inspiration for me to launch Moving Forward, and and you know, it it was just. I, it was November 2014. I didn't know what a podcast was. I couldn't get a signal <laughs> on NPR when I was at the gym. So I saw this little icon. I was like, okay, I might as well check this out. And I was like, wow, these are some really great shows that people are putting out there. So, Kate, uh, similar story, just discovering what the heck is a podcast. I mean, that yeah. was my first reaction. And then, but <laughs> and you also have a podcast as well, Kate's Take. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. So my podcast is um, under the EO Fire umbrella. Um, it's our audio blog. So I was spending so much time writing this content for the blog at, at, at EO Fire, um, really trying to nail down actionable advice for people because they'd come and they'd listen to EO Fire and they'd be really inspired and motivated, but they needed to start like having actual direction on how to make things happen. Like what step do I take next? Like, okay, I'm motivated. I'm inspired. I want to start my own business. Like now what? And so that's really what I started focusing on in my posts that I was writing for the blog is this actionable step-by-step content that would help people start taking step forward, taking steps forward and grow, creating and growing their business. I was spending so much time on that content though. And for some reason, I just had this gut feeling I don't that I didn't feel like enough that I was reaching enough people. And so I took a step back and I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like we talk all the time about how powerful podcasting is and we've seen it in our own business, how powerful it is to reach like this worldwide audience because you're delivering free and valuable and consistent content for like that people can listen to while they're in the car, while they're doing laundry, while they're on a run. And so I thought, why, why should, would I not repurpose this content that I'm creating into a podcast so that people who don't feel like sitting down in the front of the computer and reading a 15-minute blog post, that they could listen to it while they're in the car or while they're on a jog or whatever it might be. So that was kind of how I came up with the idea to start doing it. It was really a repurposing channel to start getting my content out there um, in a hopefully a more robust way, I guess you could say. Yeah. And you know what I love about your story, Kate, is that you had this inkling that uh, you wanted to you wanted to teach, you wanted to connect with people. That's what you were passionate about. And, you know, on the one hand, you thought about maybe pursuing a teaching career, but then, you know, it didn't quite gel. But, you know, having that fortuitous meeting with John and developing that relationship, you were able to discover a whole other way to reach people, to connect with them and to teach and to share, which I think is just an incredible takeaway for moving forward listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that you brought up that point because it really actually wasn't until maybe within the past like year or so that I looked at this bigger picture and I thought, I would have never thought that I would be an entrepreneur and I would have never thought that John and I would be building a business together. And to think that we've done both of those things and I'm doing what I've always wanted to be doing in just a much different way. And so like if I look back to my mindset and how I saw the world when I was working in corporate America, if it seemed very prescribed to me that these are the steps that you take and this is where you will end up. Like I thought that this was an actual formula and it wasn't until I proved to myself that you working hard and and doing amazing things at a company doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get a promotion. 
that was my moment that I was like, wait a second, it doesn't, it doesn't have to happen this way. It's not that prescribed because it didn't work for me. So what can I do to make different choices to start creating a life that I want to live, to start creating a circumstance and a situation where I get to do what I love to do on my own terms and on my own prescription and to, to be able to let go of control and trust that journey will lead you on a path that will get you to where you want to go, maybe in a much different way than you expected. That's really hard to do. Absolutely. And what I love about what you just encapsulated for Moving Forward listeners, that that is such a powerful, powerful shift to make. And, And look at you know, all the opportunities that it has provided and in ways you never really would have imagined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. Well, Kate, this leads perfectly to my next question. How do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? Oh, I love this question because it's, there's so many mornings that, you know, we wake up, yeah, you know, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, I guess. <laughs> and you're thinking like, how am I ever going to like conquer this day? Um, when maybe I don't feel like super motivated right now, or maybe I'm still kind of tired. And for me, my morning and how I conquer my day starts the night before. Mm. I'm very much into planning. I'm very much into getting a great night's sleep. And I'm very much into make, understanding and making sure that taking care of myself is a huge part of how I feel. So when I get a good night's sleep and when I wake up and have an amazing workout, I know that those two things are only going to help how I'm feeling about how my day is going to turn out. And a lot of my inspiration for like getting into momentum for the day is when I'm on my morning run or if I'm doing my, um, I love insanity. I do an insanity workout in the morning, probably like three or four days a week. I'm listening to podcasts and, you know, consuming con- the audio content, like maybe even an ebook. And that kind of gets my mind going. It kind of gets my creative juices flowing. It gives me other ideas or it inspires me to start working on, you know, the things that I have lined up for myself during the day that it's just a great way to start the morning in my mind. And that's how I start every one of my mornings. That's awesome. I love it. Just having that physical activity, but also just feeding in great content to get you inspired. And, and we've heard it from a couple of other guests. I love that you get inspired starting the night before that you really just take care of your mind, your body so that you can make the most of the next day. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah, definitely. And I will say too, I mean, part of um, preparing the night before is not only like that self-care, but I also really love to set out the night before three things Mm. that I want to get done the next day. So I always make a list and um, the tool that I use is Asana which oh, is a I really great, yeah, <laughs> my, you use my, it too. My, my business partner actually introduced it to me. She's, she does a lot of the web developing and stuff and she's the, the graphics guru and she introduced me to Asana and she makes all of us, you know, put everything on there. It just kind of helps. Yes. It, it's so much better than trading like a thousand emails back and forth. Oh my gosh, totally. And that's why I love it so much is it's kind of like this repository for all your tasks and projects that you have going on. So 
Yeah, I really love making that a part of my night before is to think about three things that I want to accomplish the next day. And they can be like the smallest tasks, but sometimes those small tasks are the ones that are really easy to push to the side. And then, you know, by the end of the week, you have like this list of however many tasks that and then you just start to feel like overwhelmed and you don't end up doing any of them. So I find that it's really helpful to have those three big tasks that you want to definitely knock out the next day, because then that next morning when you get to your computer or when you start your workday, um, you know exactly what you want to focus on. It's not a question of like, okay, what should I work on now? Like yeah. you have it set for yourself. Absolutely. Well, Kate, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, your career journey and you, you shared a couple of struggles and setbacks that you've had. So I want to refocus the question a little bit. Can you share with our listeners when you think it's the right time to make that pivot or make that change? I know for you, it came at a moment where you were really, uh, you know, hoping for this promotion and then you just had that 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 huge disappointment and I know for many moving forward listeners you know they the the prospect of waiting for that is not something that's really attractive so if you had to do it over is there any anything that you can share with our listeners that would have signaled to you you know what I if I had to do it over I might have made the change a little bit earlier or is there anything that you can share in terms of like when you think it's the right time to make that kind of change yes definitely and it's the first time that you ever ask yourself is there something else out mm-hmm. there like yeah. is there a different way Because the answer is yes. And I never believed that. I didn't think that there was something else for a really long time. So if I could have told myself back when I very first asked myself that question, I probably would have started making that pivot and that shift a lot sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's if you start thinking about that question a lot, that's probably also a good time to maybe start thinking about that shift, maybe a different career or maybe to make that entrepreneurial leap. So I think that's a really good that's a really good takeaway, Kate. It's just and a lot of that is just trusting yourself. Right. I mean, there's a reason why you may be thinking that that that's going through your mind where it's a lot of it is trusting your gut when it comes to like, is my career really exciting me? Is it really getting me up in the morning? Yeah. And, you know, John, I like that you said, like, maybe after you think that a few times that, you know, that's when you can really start to seriously consider, like, what that shift or that pivot might look like for you. And that's, that's the, like, really important takeaway, I think, is that we, I felt this fear of commitment, I think for a long time. So even when I was asking myself that question, it was kind of lingering in my mind that there might be another way, but I was scared to think that like I had to make this immediate decision about like leaving my job and taking this big scary leap where I wasn't going to have a paycheck anymore or benefits and health insurance and all this stuff. But just because you start to make that shift or make that pivot it doesn't mean that you have to make this immediate decision. Like just explore the possibilities, just find out more about what it might be like to start your own business or fill in the blank, whatever it might be for you. Cause it doesn't have to be like this big, scary black and white 
um, you know, change in your life. Yeah. And, and because of the opportunities in the digital space, there's so many ways that you can, you can experiment you can try things, you can do things, you know, casually, you can become a sidepreneur. And, and I, I love that there are just so many opportunities to test the waters before you make that full leap. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kate, we're going to move into the knowledge burst session. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, so I'd like to ask you, has there been a particular source, media source? And it can be anything. It could be a book, movie, song. And I also add to this cultural experience that inspired you to move forward. Wow. Um, gosh, that's a big question. I love this. Um, I would say... I think when my shift really kind of initially started, the book that I would point to is The Power of Now. Mm. Have you read this book? No, I haven't. Can you share what it's about with our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So it's really about living in the moment and not dwelling or regretting or feeling bad about the past and not trying to bring yourself to the future. Mm. What we know what we have the ability to choose and make decisions around is what's happening to us right now. And when we try and live in the past or we try and bring ourselves into the future, we miss right now. We miss where the opportunity is because that opportunity is in front of us right now. And a lot of us miss it because we're not living in the now. So it was a huge shift for me because I guess at the time I just, I didn't see myself as one of those people who kind of like focused on that genre of ideas. Um, it was kind of a little bit foreign to me to read a book that was kind of really grounded in maybe some type of like spiritual or like it just wasn't something that I was used to and it made me uncomfortable. That's when I first started learning that where you're uncomfortable is where you should want to be because that's when you grow. That's when you make changes. That's when you make progress. Um, so that book was a big turning point for me because it taught me a lot of those things about myself. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I'll definitely have to check it out. Kate, share a daily practice or habit that you have for prioritizing and managing your time. Who? Um, well, Google Calendar is kind of what I live by. I schedule everything in there. And it helps me not only hold myself accountable to what I've said that I would do, but it also helps me with my time blocks. Because, of course, we can say I want to do X, Y, and Z task, but who knows if that task is going to take 45 minutes or mm. four hours. Um, so I love using Google Calendar to not only actually schedule what I say I'm going to do, but to also stay true to those time blocks that I've set for myself. I love it. And and I've heard it from so many great guests. I'm starting to do this more. Turn your calendar into your to-do list because yes. it really gives you that three dimensions of the added element of time. And especially, I love it. It calls back to your practice. If you are setting out the night before the three things you want to accomplish tomorrow, then you've got to be able to allocate the time to those. So I think that's a really great callback. For sure. 
And since you've talked about Google Calendar and Asana, usually what I do is I ask our guests to share their favorite app, website, or productivity hacks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tweak this a little bit. Do you have a particular practice for either Google Calendar or Asana that can benefit our listeners? I mean, have you figured out a, a particular technique with it, with either one that actually works really well? Um, well, I'll give you one for each if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, awesome. So with Asana, a lot of the times when we think about task and project management tools, we think that we have to be working with a team or that it would only be used for us to actually assign things or delegate. And I actually use Asana to assign myself stuff, oh, Okay. <laughs> um, which is super helpful because when I start that running task list, I can put due dates to it. I can make comments on it. I can add subtasks to it. So, and I use the free version of Asana. So this will not cost you any money to be able to really help set yourself up for productivity and to remind yourself of the things that you want to get done. So that would be my one with Asana is don't just think of it as something for you delegating or assigning tasks to somebody else. You can also use it to help yourself. Yeah. And it's great um, also for conversations, you know, because there's that comment section where you can yes. actually, you can actually give each other feedback. You can, you can basically have chats and conversations and it's all part of the, the, the task that's on there. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that about it too. It makes it really easy to work on a single task or project with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for Google Calendar, um, recurring uh, schedules, or I, I guess they call it a recurring invite, um, but I use this a lot for daily, weekly, and monthly tasks that I have, because if we continue to rely on our memory to remind, like to do things, either on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, we're taking up a lot of bandwidth that could be freed up for creativity or for brainstorming or for creating content or something in our business. So I use Google Calendar's recurring invites to remind myself of things. Even if I think like there's no way that I could forget to do this, I make a recurring invite for it. So um, I guess one example would be every single morning, I kind of do a checks and balances on um, recurring payments that are due uh, for the communities that we run versus like payments that might have been declined. It's something I do every single morning and chances are I'm not going to forget to do it, but I have a recurring invite set up for myself in Google Calendar so that like going back to our conversation about it before, that time is scheduled and I'm going to do that every single morning and I'm going to get a pop-up that says it's time for you to do this right now. So those recurring invites can be really helpful because you can schedule them for daily, weekly, monthly um, to come back and remind you every single time you're supposed to do something. Oh, those are, that's great. I never really thought of it that way, but that's a great, great point that if you set a recurring reminder, it, it really cements it and it's something that you have to allocate time to so that, and I love that analogy, you're freeing up the bandwidth because I, yes, that's right. I mean, there's, there's certain, certain things and tasks that we keep in our minds, but if you have a, an accountability buddy, you know, and Google Calendar is that automated one, then mm. you can free up the bandwidth to focus more on growing the business on the creative side. I love that. I That's actually a really, really excellent uh, way of illustrating it. Cool. Well, thank you for those knowledge bursts, Kate. Those are fantastic. And I know they're going to inspire our listeners to move forward. Awesome. I love, love, love talking about that kind of stuff. So super happy that it was helpful. Absolutely.
Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Kate, we have listeners from many different backgrounds and many walks of life, and some of whom they're at that point. I mean, they may be at the point where you were when you were at the your corporate job, and they just got declined for that promotion where they've been putting in years and years and lots of hard work paying their dues. Or they just may be kind of on autopilot and, you know, they're not really engaged. They're not really tapping into what makes them passionate and, and inspired about their job. So what is the one thing, if you had to choose like one little micro step that a moving forward listener could start doing today to bring them closer to making that pivot or that change so that they can find what they're really passionate about? I would say start maybe just take like an hour and take out a piece of paper and start writing down the things that you love to do. What are you passionate about? What makes you happy? What excites you? It could be like literal things that you do. It might be ideas about things. Start creating a running list of the things that make you happy because this is where we start with ideas for what we might be able to create a business out of. It's not the only thing that we need to consider, but it is definitely a great thing to consider because if you're going to become an entrepreneur and you're going to go through the ups and the downs and the struggles that we face as entrepreneurs, you've got to love what you do. And so I would definitely recommend doing that. And then just like the one step after that would be Once you kind of have honed in maybe on a couple of things that you feel you want to focus on, start surrounding yourself with people who are in that same space so that you can start to be inspired and get ideas from those people. I love it. And, you know, what I also love about that, Kate, is that you're you're going back to the tried and true. I think there's something about the act of actually writing it down on paper with a pen as opposed to typing it into, you know, we have memo apps, we have word processors, but I think there's something about actually physically writing it out that actually will jog some creative juices when you're really sitting down. And I love that carve out just an hour. And Kate, I'm going to call back to your practice, put it on your Google calendar, make that hour a priority so that you can really start thinking about what what your drivers are. Yeah, I love it. Well, Kate, what is next for you? Um, You know, I'm really taking a step back and um, looking at a lot of, I guess, the best term that's most widely well known for me to describe it is kind of like a quality control check. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've created a lot of content, a lot of free courses, a lot of um, products, communities, services that we have to offer. And um, I really love going back through that stuff and trying to look at it through the eyes of, you know, a potential customer, somebody from our audience, and just trying to figure out how we can make what it is we have to offer as, you know, the best that it can be. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. And that's a really good practice, too, I think, especially if you get into the digital spaces to go back and revisit old content. I mean, if nothing else, it'll kind of give you a perspective of really how far you've come from where you started. Absolutely. And Kate, how can our listeners find out about all the great work you're doing and connect with you? 
Yeah, for sure. Everything that we do is just over at eofire.com. Awesome. Kate, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today and to share your journey and your knowledge bursts with our listeners so they can move forward. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, John. Absolutely. Moving forward, listeners, I absolutely loved this episode, and Kate is such an inspiration. I mean, think about her journey, and I think the big takeaway are the two C's that Kate decided to go after, choice and creativity. Think about spending all those years in the corporate world. I was in the corporate world for over 13 years, and I had some good years, but I also came to this realization that I was not going to put my future in the in someone else's hands. I mean, that's the illusion of control. Yes, you have a steady paycheck. Yes, there's a certain comfort that comes with that. There's a certain predictability, but there is no certainty. Companies downsize. Companies make political decisions. You're not guaranteed that promotion, no matter how hard you work, no matter how talented you are. That's not to say that choosing to work in a corporate job is the wrong choice. Just go into it realizing what the expectations are and that it's not necessarily going to be the end-all, be-all. I have so many friends, and I, I really I think across the board, everyone I know who goes through this, they get a job where they get a new job. They're super excited about it. That plateaus, and then within about month three or four, that's when the reality check hits. And I think Kate got to that point when she was passed over for that promotion and decided, you know what, I'm going to make a different choice. I'm going to pivot. And she decided to go for something that taps into what really drives her. And she loves creating. You can tell from her story, from her voice, she loves teaching and sharing with others. And she has built a business. She has helped EO Fire scale to an incredible business. And she is really just living her passion every day. And I want you to take that. Whether you decide to start a business or make a shift in your career, think about your drivers and make those a priority. And I love Kate's advice. Take an hour, make it a priority a day, write it down, think about what drives you. And to learn more about Kate, all the great work that she's doing at EO Fire and all of our extraordinary guests, check us out at bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.